Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. God bless you. And today we will continue with our, our teaching here. And I'm going to share with you, uh, you know, we talked about the realities of redemption, etc. And now we're going to talk about healing, about healing the sick, because it's a part and parcel of the gospel. And I will, uh, you know, I will do this for several days and uh, it you know, we will go to different uh, angles of approaching the subject. But before I go into the, uh, the subject, I want to share something with you. You know, some years ago in one of our crusades in Zambia, I believe it was, uh, this is this is a true story that actually took place. Uh, I was preaching and um, I think it was the next day there was a lady, a Christian lady, uh, who came, a young lady, she came and talked to Pastor Mavondo, who was my team leader. And she was one of the church members, but she hadn't been to the crusade. Uh, and I'll explain to you why. She lived in a house right at the fringe of the field where uh, we were holding our crusade. And this is a story. What she said was that the family, she and her family were originally for, from Zimbabwe, but living in Zambia, and her brother, who was in Zimbabwe, had died all of a sudden. I mean, he was young and he just passed away. So her mother, who was living with her and her husband, uh, kind of was shocked by the death of her son. And uh, she either had some kind of hemorrhage or stroke or something. And she she went unconscious and she was uh, in, in a comatose state for about three days. She was not speaking. She was paralyzed. Uh, I mean, you know, she was in in a comatose state. And then what happened? She died. Three days later, she died. Now, when she died, uh, what happened, you know, in, in the African tradition, when someone dies, all the friends, all the neighbors, all the relatives and workmates, everybody comes to the house to, uh, to pay their respect to the deceased and to commiserate and to, you know, empathize with the family. So this is what was happening. The lady had died and um, and the dead body was there and all these people had come into the house there were about 50 people inside the house you know friends relatives everybody and this is what she said she said that here we were in the house i couldn't come to the crusade because my mother had died and here's her dead body and i was sitting there with along with all those people and then i could hear pastor christopher preaching on the field and which is right next to the house and she said he, he preached the gospel and I remember exactly what he preached and she, she talked about what I had preached and then she said that uh, when he finished preaching he gave the altar call then he began to pray for the sick and uh, first first of all he prayed for the deaf. I mean she described it exactly the way I do it. He prayed for the deaf and then he began to pray for a mass prayer over the whole crowd for every other kind of disease and sickness. He began to call out those different diseases. Then she said, when Pastor Christopher came to those who were paralyzed, uh, he, he prayed that the life and the virtue of Jesus Christ may come uh, uh, over those who, who were paralyzed. And she said, the moment he did that, it was like a breeze blew through the room. And my mother who was dead just sat up and she came back to life. And she said, when my mother came back to life, half the people just, they kind of, you know, they were petrified with fright. The other half went out running, screaming, and there was total pandemonium chaos. And my mother sat up and she said, what are all these people doing here? What's going on? 
Then she said, oh, I got to wash up. I, I, I just don't feel clean. She got up, went to the bathroom, changed her clothes and came back and said, give me something to eat. And this is one of the several instances of resurrection from the dead I have seen. But the interesting thing was that I wasn't even there. I was about 100 yards away or so, 200 yards away preaching. And the preaching was coming over my PA system. And I was thinking of it, you know, after I heard the testimony and the Lord gave me the scripture. He said, even the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they shall live. So there is such power, wonderful power in the, in the gospel that when we preach the gospel, when we preach the word of God, it is actually as if it is the son of God himself who is speaking and the dead shall hear the word of God, the word of the living God, and they shall come back to life. That those are the days we are living in. I want you to understand because some people think we are living in days when we wonder why God doesn't do so much. Well, you're in the wrong place. You're preaching the wrong message because I want you to know we are living in days when God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. We have seen up to 30,000 people at a time baptized with the Holy Ghost in our crusades. Dead people raised up. Anyway, but here's another story in connection with that. There's another story in another place in Zambia, just a few miles, some miles away from this first place. And there what had happened, we, hire, we, uh, we always have a group of young people who watch over our equipment. Uh, we have a security team. We have uh, a whole large group of young people, unemployed people. We pay them to, to do security, watching over our equipment during the night. And we have people during the day. So we have them 24 hours around the clock. So this was a group of young people from the churches, young adults, young men who were watching over our equipment during the daytime. So what had happened, there was a house nearby and the husband had gone to work and the woman, young woman, uh, they, they had a small child and the child was ill. Well, the child uh, was sick and the child just died at about 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, the child, I don't know what time the child died, but... But the body, you know, rigor mortis had set him and the body was uh, was uh, stiff. And in Zambia, you know, many people, they don't have access to medical treatment. They don't have, uh, uh, you know, EMTs and all that like we have in America. But what happened was that she panicked. She began to cry and scream. The baby's body was stiff. So she wrapped it in a blanket and ran to the crusade ground. Some Something told us to run to the crusade ground and she came with the baby and she put the baby uh, on the platform, I believe it was. I don't remember all the details. She left the baby and then she ran off screaming and crying. So my team, they, they came and first they thought that it was a bundle of food somebody had left for them. So they went to see and then one of the guys said, it's a dead baby, dead baby. Who's this woman? Nobody knows. Well, we have a dead baby. What do we do? And then one of the guys said, he says, do you remember what Pastor Christopher says to us all the time? That we should always believe God for great things and we should always expect great things from God. That's what Pastor Christopher says to us all the time. So let us, let, let us pray. So they began to pray. They didn't know how to raise the dead. I mean, neither do I for that matter. But, the, you know, they began to uh, pray and worship and they sang and they shouted in tongues and they danced around the dead baby. They did whatever they could, prayed in tongues, sang, shouted a little bit and people began to gather. Soon there was a 
150, 200 people, curious people, onlookers who had gathered. And these guys just kept on and on and on and on. I don't know how long, hour, hour and a half, when suddenly the dead baby came back to life and began to cry. And, uh, you know, baby is going, wah, and these people... I mean, everybody said, wow, look at this. So one of the guys said, oh, I must go and get some milk for the baby. The baby's hungry. So he ran and got some milk. And the other guy, he said, well, we must preach to an altar call. So they preached to the crowd, did an altar call. Everybody wanted to be saved. And uh, when I came to this, and at four o'clock in the afternoon, the husband had come back from work and he, the wife had told him. And uh, he was a bit angry because she had just dumped the dead body. But anyway, they came to the crusade ground and they saw their baby alive and it was a wonderful miracle. And when my team told me, I joked with them, I was, I said, you know, I'm a bit miffed that it happened when I wasn't there, you know, that kind of thing. It was funny, but, 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 uh, but here's the thing, you see, here were young guys and uh, I, I, I just told them, that's all I had told them, that we should always expect great things from God and always live in expectation of great things from God. And when we live in that expectation, uh, good things will happen, miracles will happen. We, 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 we must come into that mode when miracles are normal for us, especially in these days with the coronavirus going along and people are panicking. And I understand, I mean, I believe that the natural and the supernatural shall go hand in hand. We can't be foolish and, I mean, we are observing this, you know, whatever they call social distancing and washing our hands and we, we do that. But our faith is in the power of Jesus Christ and what he says in his word and we shall never retreat from that. And anyway, I want to, I want to, um, I want to share a few things with you. Um, in these days, we need more than anything else to put the focus back on Jesus and upon the cross and what he has done for us. These days we are living in, the focus should be on Jesus and what he has done for us upon the cross. Not upon healing per se, but the reason I'm going to talk about healing is because healing is something that Jesus purchased for us upon the cross. Everything has to, has to emanate from the cross. It's not about, uh, you know, the subject of healing or the subject of miracles, but it, it, it is about Jesus Christ and about his cross. The Bible says, that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, which means that every utterance, every revelation, everything that is said or revealed that is from God has Jesus as its focus, Christ in all. And Paul said that in all things he may have preeminence, not Christ prominent, but Christ preeminent because he may be all in all. So uh, that is the crux of Christianity. That is the crux of Pentecostal Christianity because Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. You know, we talk a lot about the Holy Spirit as Pentecostals, but he said one thing about the Holy Spirit amongst other things. He said, he shall glorify me. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit came to glorify him. The Holy Spirit didn't come to glorify miracles or glorify a church or glorify a great man of God. Somebody is used by God. He came to, to glorify Jesus only. So we, we, we must always build on that. Always look at Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
He is the he is the center point of all things and everything emanates from him. And that is the kind of gospel, beloved, we've got to come back to. We've got to come back to the cross and come back to the crucified, the bloody, the bleeding Jesus who bore our sins and our diseases upon the cross because that is the message that is the message of power that is the, is the message that gives life and healing so anyway now for many people salvation is you know is forgiveness of sin and you know have your fire insurance paid up and so you can go to heaven but salvation is more than that because uh, the the hebrew word for salvation is shalom uh, which means uh, forgiveness of sin restoration wholeness healing of the body and peace and all those things. And the Greek word for salvation, suzo, means approximately the same thing. It's wholeness, it's restoration, it's peace, it's forgiveness, it's healing for the body. So salvation in, in the eyes of God is not just, you know, having our sins forgiven, but it's an all-inclusive thing. It includes uh, everything you need for your spirit, your soul and body. Forgiveness, restoration of your relationship with God, healing for your body, renewal of your mind. All these things are part and parcel of what salvation is about, is all about. So we've got to come back to that understanding of salvation. Now, uh, we, I'm going to talk about redemption from sin and disease and, you know, a lot of things we're going to talk about. But let, let me start with this. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. This is this talks about what Jesus did for us upon the cross. It says, surely he has borne our griefs, which means our sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, afflicted of God as if with leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities, and the chastisement uh, uh, of our peace and well-being was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him we are made whole now uh, a couple of things I want to point out where you know in the King James it says surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows but what I want to point out is that the word griefs in the Hebrew is the word holy uh, which actually means uh, physical uh, diseases physical diseases he bore our holy, he bore our, where he says sorrows, actually means he bore our physical diseases and carried our sorrows and pains. And that word, the second word, sorrow, is the word makob, which means physical pain. So he bore our diseases, he carried our pain. And then it says the word bore, he has borne, is the word is the word nasa. Nasa means to to uh, to come to somebody who is carrying a burden and to lift that burden off that person so that he doesn't have to bear it anymore and to remove it to a distance. So what he's saying is that when Jesus Christ was upon the cross and it begins with surely, that means there is no doubt or question about it. It is 100% sure that Jesus Christ bore upon his own self as our substitute so that we don't have to bear it he bore all our physical diseases and he, and he carried our physical pains. And then it says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. And there is talking about the, the, you know, the spirit of man, our sins, our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and that touches the mind. Jesus was beaten. You know, they took that two by four and they beat him so much. His 
face was disfigured beyond recognition and he was beaten that we might have peace. And then it says, and by the stripes that were laid upon his back, we were made whole. So we were made whole. So we see that how Jesus bore our physical diseases and our pains and, uh, and how he was beaten so that we might have peace. And, uh, 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 and uh, you know, and that uh, he he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and by the wounds that were upon his back, we have been healed. So we see that upon the cross, God provides for all of our needs. He provides for us our uh, forgiveness of our sins, our sins, our iniquities. Jesus took them from us and took them upon His own self, and. Uh, uh, and then the other thing he did was that he was beaten so that we might have peace. He was brutally beaten so that you and I can have peace within ourselves, our own hearts and peace with God and uh, peace with our fellow man. And especially in these days, a lot of people have issues with their minds, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and these things, there's a remedy for those things. It's not necessary for a person to be depressed, to go through that kind of thing when Jesus has already provided for the mind also. And then he bore our, he bore our sins. He was, uh, he bore, uh, you know, he supplied for our spirit, bore our sins. He supplied for our minds. Uh, uh, and because he was beaten that we might have peace and then by his stripes we were healed because the stripes that were laid upon his back he says surely surely without doubt he has borne our diseases and carried our pains and uh, uh, by his stripes we were healed so we see that how how God has provided for us everything that we need hallelujah then first Peter 2 24 says that he personally, Jesus personally, bore our sins in his own body on the tree um, that we might die to sin and live unto righteousness by his wounds we have been healed. And here's another verse. This is the testimony of Peter. And he says how Jesus Christ, he, he, this is Peter writing and he writes in his epistles, epistles how Jesus Christ, he personally, personally bore, carried our sins upon his own self on the tree why? So that we may die to sin. Our relationship with sin should be ended and we should live unto righteousness and we should walk in a way in, in uprightness before God because we have right standing with God. We are accepted and loved by God. Uh, and then he says, and by his stripes we were healed. Praise God. God has provided for our spirit, for our soul, and for our body. Amen. So we see that... Uh, uh, so, you know, just to these two verses, is we see that sin and disease both came at the fall of man. So sin and disease, when Adam fell, sin came into this world and disease came uh, along with it. Actually, there's a parallel there. Uh, sin and disease are actually very similar. The only difference is that uh, sin affects your spirit and while disease affects your, your physical body. But, but they, you know, they came together, they're parallels, they're similar, their effect is similar. Uh, but the main difference other than is that one is of the spirit, the other is of the body, is that forgiveness of sin is uh, last through eternity. You know, I mean, when you, when you die, you carry on forgiveness of sin. It, 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 you know, it helps you. I mean, when you die, you'll go to heaven because your sins have been forgiven. That's why David said, 
Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. But healing from the body is only for this lifetime because you can be healed. But unless you give your life to Jesus, you are still lost. You will still die and go to hell. So, uh, but God doesn't want you to go to hell. He wants you to be both to be saved and to be healed. But why is, why is healing important? For two reasons. Because God, it's easier to serve God with a healed body than it is for a sick body, to serve God with a sick body. I've done both. And I've been sick, I've been healthy, and healthy is better. Let me, let me just put it this way. Now, there are a few exceptional cases who might say that, that, you know, I once had a lady who said to me, how can you say that? I've been sick, and ever since I've been sick, I've served God and God. I said, fine, if you want to be, if you want to be sick, stay sick. But that's you, that's your personal uh, thing. But for us, what I see in the Bible, God wants me to be healed because Jesus Christ is a healer. So the, you know, but that, that's the first reason God wants us to be healed. The second reason, the more important reason why I preach healing is because of the price Jesus paid for it. He paid the same price for my healing as he did for my salvation. The way they whipped him and they whipped him. They laid 39 stripes on his back. And and and, and the psalmist says that uh, plowmen have plowed my, my back and have made long furrows. His back looked like a field that had been plowed. And because of the suffering, because of what it cost him to purchase that healing for us, it has to be preached. It must be preached to the nations. It has to be preached to everybody. And that's the greatest reason the healing of the body is so important is because of the price that Jesus Christ paid upon the cross for you and I to be healed. Hallelujah. Well, I think, uh, you know, Jesus, the sin and disease came together because of the fall of man and the price that was paid for both sin and disease was Jesus Christ paid the price for sin and disease at the same time, at the same place, at Calvary. And it is at the same cross, we were saved and we were healed. And that's why we preach the gospel, the full gospel. It's, it has salvation for the spirit. It has healing for the body. Hallelujah. And we serve a God who is a savior and a healer. But anyway, uh, my time is over now. Uh, we'll carry more on this theme tomorrow, but let, let me just pray for you. And if you are sick in your body, put your hand on the spot where you, where you have your sickness or whatever, and I'll pray for you. Father, I pray for my brother, my sister who's watching this. I ask them to ask you, Father, to, I ask you to touch them right where they are in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke. I curse every sickness and disease in their bodies. I put all these diseases upon the cross. And Lord, we put those diseases upon your cross and we receive from you life and health and healing. And above all, Lord, be glorified in our lives and through us. Lord Jesus, you alone are worthy of glory, honor and praise. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue with this series tomorrow and every day. And, uh, uh, and you know, I've, I've heard from people who say, oh, well, we, we watch you and we're really enjoying this and getting built up. And that's great. But if you put in some comments, you can write to me personally or put in a comment on Facebook and uh, so that I know you're out there. It's, it's always fun for me. It is great for me to hear what the Lord is doing in your life and what you're learning and if you have any feedback. So uh, well, anyway, God bless you and I'll be seeing you again tomorrow and may the peace of God be upon you and your home.